G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, wherever you are around Australia, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Momentum with uh, Tim and Dez. Uh, looking forward to uh, exploring another great topic this week. But uh, Dez, before we go any further, it's good to have you here, my friend. I'm really delighted to be here, as always. What a gift it is that we can talk to men all around Australia and, and impart some knowledge that you and I don't have, but others <laughs> have. That's really cool. And we're really delighted to have back this week uh, Matt Prater, Pastor Matt Prater from uh, New Hope Church. Uh, and so he's uh, he spoke last week about divorce and about some of the guidelines that you need as you tra- traverse that. So today we want to talk about the after effects of divorce, for the want of a better word. Matt, tell us about what happened after your divorce and how you went through that next part of your journey. Mm. So uh, a bit of my story. So I was married from 20 to 25, and then at the age of 25, uh, my first wife uh, left me for another guy, and I was just devastated. You know, it was like rock bottom. At the same time, the company I worked for went bust, uh, you know, I'd moved to a new city. I'd moved from Coffs Harbour to Brisbane and I didn't really have many friends in Brisbane. I had a few workmates, but I didn't really know anyone up here. I was kind of new to, to the city. Um, but I did find a good church. So I was at a church called the Vineyard Church, which was, um, you know, a couple hundred people, uh, had a real heart for the poor. Um, and the pastor was a little bit older than me. And the good thing uh, in that season was, you know, he took me under his wing and believed in me and, helped me and walked me through it. And uh, I had a good Christian counsellor that helped me in that time as well. And uh, and I can remember just immersing myself in, in that church life. Um, uh, I remember going to the Alpha courses there. I remember um, helping out with uh, uh, some of the outreach ministries for the homeless that they do. And I just remember thinking, you know, it's good to get involved in church life to take my mind off all that rubbish that had been going on um, in in my personal life, yeah. Can I ask Matt how how did the church respond to you then as a newly single dad, but as a divorced person? Did you feel like there was some kind of kickback from the church or certain people within the yeah. church? Did you feel like there was a stigma attached to you now as a divorced man? Yeah. The good thing about that church is it's probably one of the least religious churches I've ever been at. Um, it's a really modern kind of a church, yeah. and and you know they they just they just loved me. They just really cared for me and, so and nurtured me through that time. Um, and you know, over the years, um, I've talked to people who are very legalistic and very religious when it comes to this topic, and have not shown me love, have not shown grace and mercy. And uh, people get out their Bibles and they quote this and that, and the, and it's like, whoa, you know. 
just where's your love, you know? <laughs> um, and, and so I could definitely say that's experience with that church, but I know it's not the experience in every church, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard because uh, sometimes you, you, you and your partner or wife have gone to the same church and then all of a sudden, you know, divorce hap- happens. And so what do you do? Yeah. Do you go along and be uncomfortable in that, the church that you were in or do you find a new home or do you do a home group for a while or mm. what would you recommend to men in that space? If it's a small church, it's pretty difficult for the couple to mm. yeah. stay in the same church if they're separated yeah. or divorced, you know. Um, if it's a larger church, maybe you could get away with it, go to different services or sit on different sides or I don't know, you know, you, could, you probably could. But um, in in my experience, most couples end up, changing churches yeah and and it leads me to the next question we have for you which is about loneliness and and you said earlier that what you do in your world or did do when you were through divorce was busy yourself in church work yeah and that's where your heart was but there's a lot of guys who would be listening maybe don't go to church mm. or maybe don't have as strong a faith as you had yeah um, and the you know, one answer is get involved in church, and, yeah, and, and yeah. they get that right, or get involved with men's groups. But what other advice would you give as a pastor, I guess, to men who are feeling the loneliness because the friends who they had maybe in church previously, yeah, don't want to know them now. Yeah, you know, they yeah. don't want to take them out to dinner because you're a single guy, whereas we went out to dinner as a couple. So is that sort of reaction. Yeah, yeah. So how would you speak into that? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, and and the thing is, um, us blokes. Um, you know, we, we need to connect with other people. And, you know, just one, one example for me recently is um, I've been coaching my daughter's basketball team oh. and I've learned this whole new world about basketball, you know, and I'm getting to know all the mums and the dads in the team and I'm connecting with all these people outside of my church world, you know, and outside of my, you know, my family, you know, because I've got my, my church family friends and I've got my, my, my close family friends, but now I've got this whole new circle of people that I've connected with and I think sometimes we need to think outside the box. If we're going through a, a time where we're lonely and we're feeling isolated, um, maybe join a, a sporting club, you know, go and connect with, with the local footy team or the basketball team or something, you know, um, because there's some great communities out there and, yeah. you know, one of the one of the big biggest problems in today's society is we isolate. We think we're social because we're on social media all the time, but that's not really connecting with people. That's you know that's very superficial. You need face to face. You need some real connections with people. So get out and about and connect with some people uh, and and have some real conversations with people. Not just talk about the, talk about the weather or talk about the sporting score or whatever. You know, yeah. um, ask ask questions and get to know people and. You know, it, you'll find it'll really fill your tank uh, having healthy relationships with people. Let's take that a step further. We've 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 been out there, we've socialised, and we've met someone. How do we know? <laughs> right? I mean, obviously, it's probably going to be hopefully a slower process because yeah. we're a little bit cautious. But yeah. how do we know if we're ready to start dating then? Once we've been through the divorce, we've had a, a period of singledom, you know, we've we've been out socialising, we've done some work on ourselves, and all of a sudden someone pops into our life. What are some things that might indicate that we're actually ready to start dating or perhaps some things that might indicate that we're actually not ready yet, that mm. someone's there, but, you know, I'm just not quite there yet yeah, to start yeah. that process again. Yeah. And, you know, of course we have to be careful about the rebound relationship, you know. Mm, yeah. I've seen that happen a lot of times Yeah, when people just jump from one to the next, you know, because they just can't be single, you know. Um, and, you know, my, my wife's actually got a, a great testimony of that. 
she was um, uh, with a guy from 20 to 25 and uh, he broke her heart and then she was single uh, and she came back to the Lord and she then said to God, I'm not going to date anyone until you bring the right one along. And then she waited seven years until I turned up. And she actually wrote a list to God of what she wanted in a man. Uh, all it said is he's got to have teeth. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no it, it actually said things like, you know, he's got to be tall. He's got to have a good sense of humour. Hello, you know. He's got to want to have kids. He's got to be a good provider. You know, she wrote a list and then she just put it in a drawer and just gave it to God. And then she just didn't date anyone. She just didn't chase after anyone. She just chased after God. Wow. And then it, she almost got to a point where she just wasn't interested in looking for a man. Yeah. And then I turned up. And I was nothing what she thought she was going to end up with. Mm. Um, you know, a divorcee from Coffs Harbour, you know, country bumpkin, you know. Um, and I was a bit of a dag, you know. Like I was nothing like she thought I was going to be, uh, like like her spouse would be, you know. And then when we fell in love and, and, uh, and uh, I proposed, um, she said yes. And then she went and found that list and found that I was every single thing on that list of 10 things on that list. Wow. And um, so she just waited for the right one to come along. Yeah. And um, she just put her order into God and then forgot about it, just sought first the kingdom of God, you know. So so I think that's, you know, I tell that story to say, you know, um, I believe we need to just be patient and wait for God to bring the right one along and not chase after people too. I've seen people just run around rebounding, chasing after this and that person, you know. Um we, we need to trust in the Lord to provide the right one at the right time, yeah. So uh, and this would be ideally a question for her, but if you can answer on her behalf or as best as you can, then if she's focused on the Lord for seven years yeah. and all of a sudden you come along, yeah. what was it about you that I suppose awoke her to the fact that you could be somebody <laughs> that could step into that space? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it was I God. I said it was obvious. Yeah, well, <laughs> my, my good looks, of course, you know. Um, well, it, it really was God because um, I'm telling you, I, you know, we worked together for like a year or so and we were work friends and we knew each other pretty well. Um, and, she, like, she'd actually even babysat Lydia um, before, you know, so she knew my little girl, you know, so we kind of were quite close and we were doing the Alpha course together at the church. We, we knew each other quite well, you know. And I knew that she was not interested in me, in me at all, you know. Like we'd li- literally be driving along, uh, going to a work appointment, and she'd say something like, where are all the good Christian men? I'm like, hello, what am I, chopped liver? You know, like, <laughs> she, 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 I was not on her radar at all, you know. And then when I asked her out, she was totally gobsmacked, totally blindsided. She had no idea whatsoever that I was interested in her. And, and when she... And then everything changed as soon as I asked that question, you know, because, you know, we were in the friend zone, you know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and then when I when I asked her, she was like, well, you know. Um, and then she said, we can date, but no one's allowed to know. It has to be a complete secret. Wow. I'm like, okay. so we, She was embarrassed by you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, probably. I mean, check me out, you know. But, um, but you know, and she said, no kissing, no touching, no hand, no nothing. I'm like, okay, what are you, a nun? You know? <laughs> anyway. And so we dated secretly for like, I don't know, maybe a month or two. Um, and then she just ended up falling head over heels for me. Can you believe it? She, you know, she's, she's only human, you know. So, um, But it, was re- it really was God. And, uh, and thankfully she still has that love for me, I think. <laughs> um, but 
and and you know, and coming back to you know, putting on my preacher's hat again, you know, the the word for love in the in the Greek is agape, which means supernatural love. It's it's from God, you know, and I can honestly say that's really what changed her heart. It must have been God because in the natural there was nothing in me that she was interested in. I was not the package that she thought she was looking for, but it turned out I was in the end, you know, because God God knew, you know. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back and ask you from your perspective about that scenario. But anyway, we'll take a short break. <laughs> Matt Prater is our special guest on Momentum. Uh, while we're taking a short break, why don't you have a quick look at the website, MomentumAustralia.org, and uh, we'll be back in just a tick to finish off this conversation. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right, well, thanks for hanging around. It is uh, part two of Momentum, and it's Tim and Des and our special guest, Matt Prater, for the second week in a row. By the way, if you missed uh, the first week with Matt talking about uh, divorce, uh, you can check that out at uh, MomentumAustralia.org or, of course, the podcast uh, pl- platforms. But we're talking about post-divorce, how do we navigate that season, but also then what happens if and when we want to start dating again. And we just heard the story about, I mean, Matt's irresistible charms and good looks and all of the other beautiful qualities that he has that uh, his wife just couldn't resist. But Matt, I want to ask you from your perspective, speaking to this space now for the men listening, and, uh, you know, they might be on the journey of divorce. We've talked about that, but uh, they may be post-divorce right now. Uh, they may be struggling with finding connection points. They might be struggling with loneliness. Um, you know, we, we've talked about before about momentum. We're, we're big on connectivity and men getting connected but I suppose let's start with the guys in that space they're, they're they're feeling a little lonely they don't necessarily have a good friend base around them I mean the church can can do so much but I mean you know we've got to kind of put ourselves out there as well to some degree but that can be the last thing we sometimes feel like after a divorce yeah yeah well firstly I'd say avoid tinder <laughs> good move yeah. <laughs> I've heard very bad stories of things and you know and like I've actually got friends that have been on Christian dating apps and things like that and you can try and find someone who's a strong Christian you know like you know I guess in this day and age with technology and all that you know that's kind of something that's a bit more normal than it used to be but you know I, I, once again I would also say um, go as slow as you can before you, you try and find someone um, and also, make sure you're not doing it um, to try and satisfy um, some emptiness you have. Um, Jesus should be the only one that really fills that void. Um, even when you do get married, your wife won't satisfy that void. Only Jesus does. Only a, only a really healthy relationship with Jesus brings contentment to your life. Um, you can't expect your spouse to be the one that fills that empty void in your heart. It, it can only be Jesus. So so I'll just say take your time. Um, don't rush into it. Um, and when you feel like um, you, you're ready to put your toe in the water, um, you know, may, maybe have a couple of good buddies that you're accountable to. Get You know, maybe talk to your pastor about it. Talk to um, your home group leader or something and your, or your men's group leader and just kind of make sure that you're being accountable about it too because, um, you can easily make some big mistakes in that arena too. Mm. 
Let's just speak into that space mm. too, because I, I, and I'm sure all of us in this room agree with that 110%, having people into our, speak into our lives, into that space and getting wisdom, getting advice. Hey, whatever you think about this person, da, da, da. But also just on the flip side of that, we've also seen where the church can kind of come and control that space a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah. Right. So just, I suppose, how do we navigate that? Because then sometimes the, the church can stop relationships or disagree with it. And, you know, I mean, that can cause conflict too. Yeah. And again, it's on an individual basis, but just some, some thoughts around, I need accountability, yeah, but I don't need controlling because it's still me that's got to make the choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Can yeah. you speak into that and, for me? And, you know, for me as a pastor, I have learnt um, from uh, doing the wrong thing many years in this situation. I've had people come to me and say, oh, should I date that person or or um, what, what, do you, what do you think, you know, should, should, you know, people have asked my advice about it and I, I always push it back on them and say, look, it's between you and God, <laughs> because I I shouldn't be the matchmaker. I shouldn't be the you know, and and you know I'll, I'm happy to be for them to be accountable to me and for us to discuss about it if the, if they're looking for boundaries or they're looking for wisdom about how to handle the relationship. But when it comes to me trying to be controlling or you know, and in the past I've tried to be a matchmaker. I've I've said to this guy, oh, you should be with that girl. I've been burnt uh, by. By opening my mouth to change feet in those circumstances, and I've learned as a pastor not to be too controlling or too manipulative in that area, um, because it's 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 between them and God. You know, my job as a pastor is to preach the word, to shepherd people, to disciple people, not to be a matchmaker and tell them what to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, it's so true. I'm just reminded of uh, history uh, when I was leading men's ministry, and, and a group of ladies from the church came and said, "Hey." We're all the single men in the church. Yeah. Not that I would know who was single or who was married. Yeah. But they, I mean, they were se- actively seeking friendship. Mm. You know, it just even just at that level. And it was very hard to do that in mm. the church context. Mm. It's really mm. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And as a pastor, you see that all the time. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Mm. So we're about to wrap up. Give us some tips for men dealing with the church world, going through divorce, what they should look for, what they should avoid. Mm. Mm. Well, when it, when it comes to uh, divorce, um, I, I think the good thing about being in, in this day and age is, uh, you know, most of us have got a divorce story, you know. I mean, one in two marriages end in divorce, you know. And, you know, actually, I just read a stat the other day. For couples who pray and read the word together, it's one in 1,500 end in divorce. That's from Focus on the Family America. Whereas without that, it's one and two, you know. So, so obviously, it's important to pray and be in the Word together, you know. So that, that's the point of that. But, but the reality is, a lot of lot of us have divorce stories, um, and it's it's not as a taboo subject as it used to be. So, I guess when it comes to the church, just be open and honest about it, you know. Um, and you know, some people carry this condemnation and this shame and guilt around because they're a divorcee. Um, that's probably from the devil, and you just need to get rid of that. Don't, don't, you know. Romans eight says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. We should, we should be set free from that condemnation. Um, whatever's happened in the past, it's in the past. It's under the blood of Jesus. It's forgiven. Um, we need to move forward and and be who God's called us to be. And if that means. Uh, dating and and finding another spouse one day, um, 
as the Holy Spirit leads, you've got the freedom to do that. Um, don't let what what's happening in your past uh, determine your future. You know, mm-hmm. um, let God guide you in, in in all your steps. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Let the Lord guide you and lead you. You know. Yeah. All right. It's good advice. Well, that is uh, that is it for this week's show, um, Matt. We just want to say a massive thank you for the last couple of weeks of you speaking on this topic, which you know can be pretty divisive in in church circles. Um, but thank you for sharing your story so openly, honestly, and giving us lots to think about. And we're going to point you to the website once again, momentumaustralia.org, for this week's show once again, and also last week's talking on divorce and how we handle that in the church and how do we handle it as we go through that. So, Matt, really appreciate your input, mate. Thanks, guys. God bless. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. Uh, love you to check out the uh, the website. Have a look at some of the previous shows and look if you can uh, afford a donation towards keeping Momentum on there all around Australia. We'd love to have you support MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, you take care. God bless. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.